0: Hello and welcome to the Anvil podcast from Church's Bookshop. I'm Andrew.
1: I'm Georgia. And I'm Linda. We're going to be meeting once a week to discuss some issues that affect millennial Christians. And we're being hosted by Church's Bookshop, which is a Christian bookshop on the Isle of Man.
0: So, you might be wondering why we're called the Anvil. Um, Linda, you came up with the name, didn't you?
1: Yes, I did. It was based on a
2: proverb which talks about as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. And I just thought that was a really lovely image of how actually... We don't always have to learn from people who know more than us or are smarter than us, but actually sometimes just by sharing opinions and discussing issues that are important to us, we can sharpen each other's minds and actually grow our
0: faith. Now you might be wondering who we are, which is a very good question. I'm Andrew, I am one of the managers of Church's Bookshop, and I'm currently a member of the Methodist Church.
1: I'm Georgia, I co-manage Church's Bookshop alongside Andrew, and I also go to a Methodist church currently. Um, And I'm Linda, and I sporadically volunteer at the bookshop, and
2: I currently go to a Baptist church.
0: We are just uh, three friends hanging out. I say friends. um, Georgia and I are actually married. Um, And I'm a third wheel. And you're a third wheel. Um, No, not at all. (laughs) But we are here just to discuss things that are entirely our own opinions. Nothing we say is intended to be representative of any organisation or any particular denomination. We're all speaking of our own free minds.
2: Yeah, so to get us started, I thought for this first one, let's just do a game and let's um, let you guys know a little bit about who we are and um, some random situations we've been in. So, let's play Never Have I Ever, Christian Edition.
0: I'm glad you added that last bit. <laughs>
1: mm, yes. Right, good luck everyone.
0: Hey. George, do you want to go first?
1: I am going to ask you both. Never have I ever taken a pet to church. I have never... Goldfish don't really travel very well.
0: I have. Uh, my dog tried to uh, get a bit excited with the bishop. That was a little awkward.
1: And also very embarrassing.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay, um, never have I ever taken someone's pew at church.
1: Oh,
2: I have
0: ever. <laughs> <laughs> there's a story yeah. there.
2: There's, a, there's always a story, isn't there? Um, yeah, so I sat in somebody's pew and I was quite new to the church, to be fair. Um, and this guy came in and he just walked over to me and stood, um, looking at me for a while, like trying to work out what was going on and I didn't understand what he was thinking. And then he just kind of said, you're in my seat. And I, I laughed because I didn't realize people had a seat. And then I realized, no, no, he's being deadly serious. Um, so I, yeah, I was a bit startled, so I just moved. But then the next week, um, I had my wits about me, so I came back to church and I, I sat in that same pew again. And and when he came over and challenged me, uh, I did just say, "Oh, really?" And, um, and then he was on the back foot and he had to find where else to sit.
0: You, you, that's impressive. You... M-
2: one of my rare sassy moments. Of, <laughs> you say yeah, rare. You will. You will. Well, okay. Yeah,
1: I'm <laughs> I don't think I have ever knowingly sat in someone's pew, and neither have I ever been as brave as Linda and stood up to someone who told me to move. Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a fickle thing. I mean, it's a bit of like a not really a big issue to stand up against, but I just thought, I don't know, if, if you were a, a visitor in this church, you might feel that was quite hostile. Somebody just the first interaction you have with somebody being them telling you to move. I mean, yeah, I mean, I do understand as well that some people have their seat that they sit in every week, and that's like really important to them, but. Oh. I don't know, I just felt like stirring the pot that week. I'm with you. I
0: quite like the old Anglican church where they've got the doors on the end of the pew with the names on them. Like, ah, that's cute. It, it's kind of interesting because the the family, local sort of wealthy families would pay so they always had their seat oh. and get the best seats and the poor people have to sit in the back, which is less, less cute. Yeah, I
2: suppose.
0: But the little doors are cute.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Okay, so next question. Never have I ever bantered with the Lord.
0: Bantered. Bantered, um, <laughs> yes, bantered
2: with the Lord. Define banter. bantered. I don't know, just having a bit of banter. Um, a, bit of, a bit of top bant? Yep, yep. Oh, dear. You know, bit of uh, back and forth.
0: Um, um, yeah, I've, I've often tried to, you know, I try not to take myself too seriously when it comes to faith. Mm. Um, but God always gets the last laugh. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's Always. True. Mm. Yeah, it would maybe be more accurate to say that God banters with me, mm. to be fair. But I certainly do go back and forth with him a lot and I probably argue with him a lot as well. Yeah. Do you ever win? No, of course not. <laughs> I think the Bible's full
2: of, full of people who banter. You know. Yeah, I think that's true. We, we, we often think we have to come in real reverence to pray, but, I mean, what kind of honest relationship is really like that where, where you just have to sort of force yourself to be okay with things and, you know, never have that
1: honest communication? Yeah, yeah. no. And I think Andrew would say that I am famously irreverent and probably could do a thing a bit more reverent at times, uh, honestly.
0: Yeah, I, I think is when you I can't remember what you said, but you just looked at me off and said, I think the only reason God doesn't send a thunderbolt is that he finds for me amusing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. You are very amusing. <laughs> okay. Never have I ever walked out of a sermon.
0: I I had a situation where I wanted to. I was at a holiday camp with a group of young people, I was um there as a youth worker and what was being said I found really offensive. I didn't think it was um, scripturally sound. uh, But I didn't walk out because I had the young people there and I didn't want to pull all of them out. It it didn't reach the level where I felt comfortable sort of actually removing them. But I felt that if they're staying, I have to stay so I know what they've been listening to. Um, But I've never wanted to walk out more than that moment.
2: Mm. Yeah, I really admire that. Yeah, I've walked out. Yeah, there was some... It was at a youth festival and to be fair, I was the young person so I didn't have to be the, the adult. Um, setting a good example or anything but I just thought, you know, what I was hearing in the sermon was really quite damaging to me and um, I didn't think it was doing anyone any good me being there so I thought I'd just uh, go and use the showers while they were free and there was no queue.
0: Fair enough. I well, think... That's a good move. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes we sort of again get het up on if it's being said in church we have to sit and listen like, mm. like good still Christians but actually we also do have to look out for our faith and look out for, am I doing any good or am I receiving any good from this?
2: Yeah, and you wouldn't want to just kind of, like, make a habit of just walking out of church okay. every week and... Um, you
0: used the wrong version of the or, Bible! <laughs> yeah,
2: or, like, deliberately disrupting it or making a scene, but if it's actually not doing you any good or doing anyone else good, you being
1: there and stewing and yeah. being... at the level heard. of self-awareness, isn't there? Yeah.
0: Okay, Um, never have I ever got the giggles in church, uh, particularly at an inappropriate moment.
1: Um, I think this comes back to me being quite irreverent. I have a tendency to get the giggles whenever people are being a bit too solemn, which can be very inconvenient in church services. Um, I particularly have a bad habit of getting the giggles during communion, largely because I was once told a story... Um, about someone who was a missionary in the Philippines and they were doing communion using the liturgy and they had had this idea of they wanted to say some of the liturgy in Filipino so they'd asked someone how to say it in Filipino and there'd been a bit of a miscommunication and they got to the bit where the minister tells the congregation to lift up your hearts and he said it in Filipino and he'd been expecting this reaction of oh wow and instead everyone just started laughing and he couldn't figure out why and it turned out that what happened was he told them, lift up your cats. And now, <laughs> whenever I'm sat in communion and the minister said, lift up your hearts, I picture us all lifting cats, and I always get the giggles, and everyone else is there very solemn, and it's really inconvenient. And now I've cursed you too, so you're welcome. Oh,
2: no, you, that's all I'll be
1: able to think about now.
2: Is people lifting up their cats in church. It's just so... that's a good mental image, you know? What I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I have never, because like yeah, I get the giggles all the time. I'm I'm one of the worst. But if I sit next to my mum, for instance, in a concert <laughs> and something's not quite in key, then we just can't help but ourselves. But no, never in church, which is kind of strange, really.
0: Yeah, for me, it's only Christmas time when it's um, while shepherds watch their flocks. Um. I always, always sing while shepherds wash their socks without even meaning to. And
2: it's still funny after all these years.
0: Um, well, to me it is. Okay. Thank you, Ah. Linda.
1: (laughs) It's quite disruptive when you're standing next to you, as a Mm. a note. (laughs) I've yet to experience that.
2: Okay, so, never have I ever been given a tract saying I'm going to hell.
1: I've never been given one personally, but when we were much younger, my little sister, who's quite a bit younger than me again, um, was given one by someone on the street, and neither me nor our parents noticed and didn't give it to her. Um, and I didn't know she'd got it until that night when I came to tuck her into bed, and she was in floods of tears, going, "I'm going to hell! I'm going to hell! I'm going to burn!" And we had quite a lot of um, backpedaling from that to do.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, again, I haven't received one personally. Maybe I just don't look friendly enough to the people on the streets hmm. who are giving them out. But uh, during the work at the bookshop, um, we actually got a package through full of tracts. And my personal favourite... This was unsolicited, by the way. This wasn't something we we ordered. But I found one, it said uh, it was what to do in case of rapture. And it said, if ev- if all the Christians have suddenly disappeared, please turn over. And on the back, there was a guide for what to do if you're left behind after the rapture. No word. I'll be honest, I, I, I think it's very damaging. I think that that kind of literature isn't helpful. Doesn't It doesn't save people. It doesn't bring people to Christ.
2: We're very considerate, you know, just in case. Yeah, <laughs> just, just in case. Um, <laughs> just if you see this tract lying on the floor and, and I you realise that yeah. all of the Christians have gone, here's yeah. what you do. And so it's sort busted. of like,
0: here's your. You, know, you have to take all these steps. You have, to, you have to find a King James Bible, but you mustn't loot because that's still wrong. Oh. Even though. And it has to be
1: a King James Bible. It has
0: to be a King James Bible. Right. Okay. It, it's a Bible Jesus used, don't you know?
1: I did love the innovation of it, though, that they've made it this two sided pamphlet. Dependent on whether you were reading it before or after the Rapture, I thought that was really well thought out, actually.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, we we binned most of them because we we wouldn't supply those from the bookshop.
1: Oh, but please tell me you kept we one. We kept just for, oh. we kept that one. That that is in our little museum of Christian texts <laughs> that we come across <laughs> in our line of work. Oh, I need to see
0: this. Oh, uh, we'll have to um have to put a, fo- a photo up of that at some point. <laughs> yeah,
1: that sounds ace never have I ever been made to cry by my minister during a board game. Oh, come on, Georgia. <laughs> That's so specific. It uh, may have been slightly pointed. I um. feel that
0: may be pointed at Linda rather than me, because uh, surprisingly, no. No? <laughs> no. Never?
2: No. Really? No. Oh, all what? the time. Just me then?
1: Yeah. I think so.
2: I just, I have a slightly competitive edge. and
1: Slightly.
2: Um, yeah. Okay, so it happened, like, it was quite a few years ago. I was working for a church and we were doing a fundraiser event. We were doing a board games evening, and I got into a board game with this minister who had a very dry sense of humour, and I'd not really come across it before. But um, I was getting really competitive in the game, and you had to sort of move around these squares, and, and I was the furthest back in the game, and he was, like, the furthest ahead in the game, and there were all these cards that you'd draw, kind of like a chance card in Monopoly, and it would just tell you, like, what you had to do. And he picked one up with the straightest face, and it said, the person at the front of the board swaps places with the person at the back. And um, he just watched me for my reaction, like a psychopath. Um, no, <laughs> sorry. He just watched me for my reaction. not and... staying
0: in after the edit. Is it
2: Though, <laughs> <laughs> um, And... Uh, he kind of watched me twig. Oh, that means that means that I saw places, and 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 now I'm winning. And he just let me get really, really excited, and then he just started laughing, and I realised that he'd m- made it up and just wanted to watch me cry. So.
1: <laughs> it was cool
2: <cruel>, but hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah. I must say, um, if you've, you've never met Linda, um, if you're playing a board game with Linda, you notice at the end of the game, Linda will join your team if you win.
1: Yeah, I'm always on the winning team. It is also worth mentioning, in Linda's credits, she was very, very tired that night. I was a bit tired. I don't always cry in board games.
0: (laughs) Never have I ever seen an angel.
1: Nope. I have an amusing story, but I don't think it was a serious angel. It was (laughs) just a joke angel. Just a joke angel, yes. You know, angels are known to be (laughs) humorous. We were staying last Christmas at Andrew's parents' and we had our dog, Reuben, with us. And Reuben, ever since we got him, has had a love of water and he particularly likes to jump into your bath, sometimes when you're in it, Um, which has led to some amusing situations in our own home.
0: I still remember being downstairs and just hearing a plaintive voice, Andrew, there's a dog in my bath. I did actually like. is it our dog? Because whether or not it's our dog makes a big difference to the seriousness of the situation. <laughs>
2: yeah, can you imagine if you just a random found dog. somebody else's dog in your bath? <laughs>
0: that has never happened. If that no. has ever Deeper happened boat. to you, um, please let us available. know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, Andrew's dad likes to get up very early in the morning before anyone else is awake and have a bath. Which should have been fine because Reuben was shut in the bedroom with us. Um, but for some reason, the door had come open and I was asleep and Andrew was asleep. And Reuben heard the bath running and heard an opportunity. But for some reason, in the middle of my dream, this angel appeared and said to me, the dog's about to escape from the room and jump in the bath. And I woke up. And there was the dog escaping from the bedroom and I woke up just in time to grab him and pull him back in and close the door. That was brilliant. Which is very strange and I'm sure angels actually have much better things to do. So I'm assuming it was just an Aww, odd dream and no, it was maybe the sound or something. Very but, helpful. But, um, very helpful.
0: No, that's. Uh, I, th- I think my dad is very thankful to yeah, that I think angel. your dad would have been
1: quite startled. <laughs> yeah. Never have I ever
2: answered back to a street preacher.
0: Not to a Christian one. I was once, as a, a teenager, I was walking um, up, a, up a street with um, a couple of friends of mine. We were the leading our Christian union at our sixth form. And I walk walking up there, this guy approached us, this uh, Buddhist monk, and handed out, he to give us a, a leaflet and said, oh, you know, uh, can we interest you in Buddhism? And we said, um, we're actually Christian union leaders. And he goes, oh, you know, Jesus is in our book. Jesus is in this book. Mm-hmm. Which I think it wasn't normal Buddhism, because normal Buddhism, I don't think, mentions Jesus particularly. I may mm. be wrong, I'm not an expert on Buddhism. But we were like, it was that, actually, it was, it was, I have to, can't take the credit, it was the, my friend of mine who looked at him and said, yeah, but Jesus is in our book too, and we think that says all we need to know, and then we walked off.
1: Oh, sassy. That yeah.
0: Sassy. Um, so that, that was my story.
1: I have answered back to a Christian street preacher actually, it was when I was at university and it was freshers week, so as tends to happen freshers week, the whole walk between sort of the area of town where the main halls were and the campus was just lined with like local businesses giving out advertisements and all sorts of stuff and among the people giving stuff out was a street preacher who was handing out pamphlets to the students as they walked onto campus and he stopped me to hand one to me. Um, and I mean I have a little bit of a problem with street preaching. I personally think it's not a very helpful form of evangelism and I think it can do a level of damage actually to the way people perceive Christians um, and he was quite a kind of hellfire and brimstoney style of street preacher and was kind of shouting at these students many of whom were away from home for the very first time saying you know you're going to hell if you don't come along to my church and so on and I just felt it was really unhelpful and potentially quite damaging and unpleasant experience for people and I was not in my first year I was in my third year I think Um, And I was also quite sleep deprived and so probably a bit braver and a bit sassier than I normally would be. Um, So he tried to hand me this pamphlet and said something along the lines of you need Jesus so you're going to hell. And I kind of thrust it back at him and said I already have him thanks and walked past. And I think there was probably a level where I was also annoyed that he was assuming that because we were younger, we were students, none of us were Christians already and was working in the assumption we all needed saving by him. And I found that a bit patronising. I think I probably wouldn't normally have been brave enough to say anything. I think it was just because I was tired. Yeah, we
2: all make the best decisions when we're sleep-deprived, don't we?
1: (laughs) Never have I ever slept in church. (laughs) Sleepovers intentionally don't count.
0: Uh, Yeah. Um, I can't really lie about this one because Georgia was there. It was uh, Christmas Day a few years back, and we were visiting a church that's not our normal church. I will not name the church. And I was sat there and... The guy was preaching, and he wasn't the normal minister. They didn't have a minister at the time. And he had a very monotone voice, and I just slowly nodded off because I was very tired until I suddenly awoke to a jab in the ribs and Georgia hissing at me, You're snoring! <laughs> so yeah, I fell asleep and snored during the wow. sermon on Christmas Day.
1: I think my favourite bit was your mum at the other end of the pew, like, mouthing at me. Is he snoring?
2: <laughs> oh no.
0: It only happened That's once.
1: Mortifying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh I have never fallen asleep in church. I don't know if a Christian youth festival counts. There was a, a service and um I'd been like trying really really hard to stay up all week. Um and I was for, for some reason cuz that's what you do when you're a teenager yeah, and you think, yeah, yeah I'm going to stay up the longest cuz I don't have to sleep. And yeah, at the start of the service, the uh person who was taking the service was bantering a bit with everyone and going, "Oh, how much sleep did you get last night?" and kind of people were giving their answers and I was like I haven't slept at all since I got here and then I don't really remember what happened next (laughs) but kind of awoke to the sound over the microphone of well she's sleeping now oh that's
1: a it was yeah that's uh, a... particularly when you're a teenager that's mm. a really traumatizing experience
2: yeah <laughs> never
1: done
0: it again yeah I, I must say i never understand my teen my teenage attitude which was stay up all night it's great now i'm like i want to be in bed by nine yeah, ideally yeah. i never am but <laughs> well, i'd like to be
2: what thrilling lives we all need. We, we yeah
0: do. as we are hosted by church's bookshop i thought i'd ask this one never have i ever burnt a book
2: book burning isn't something that I make a habit of no it feels a little bit <laughs> too, <shock> me. <laughs> too out there I mean when I was in quite a uh, fundamentalist church for a while there was a, a series of books that people were quite hysterical about and uh, I was told that the fact that I'd read this book this work of children's fiction meant that I was coming down with this illness and that I wouldn't be healed until I threw it away and uh, at the time I thought well you know if it makes my infection clear up, then sure, I'll get rid. Now I kind of think that was nonsense. Yeah, I've thrown away a book. I, I feel like burning is just a step too far. George... They wanted me to, though.
0: <laughs> Georgia, I've seen the bookshelves at our house. I don't believe you've ever thrown away a book, let alone burnt one.
1: Um, I've never thrown away, certainly a work of fiction. I think I've probably occasionally come across a book that I felt was really unhelpful that I might have wanted to burn, but I've never done it. <laughs>
0: Fair enough.
2: Right, this is something that keeps me awake at night. Um, I just think, you know, it's a really, a really important question. Never have I ever coveted my neighbour's ox.
0: No. I, I, no.
1: No? I feel I've been fed up. <laughs> <laughs> I what? i like to put that out there, everyone. <laughs> what? After all your questions? Okay, yeah, I deserve it. Okay, so I actually have, but I was very small.
0: You're still very small.
1: I okay, was very young and that was mean just because I was short anyway, when I was little we lived on a house which was next door to a dairy farm and I used to be allowed by the farmer to go into the field next door and like walk my dogs and explore and it was great, I had this level of independence and I could just wander off into the field on my own all day um, and his dairy flock, you don't call them flock what do you call them? his dairy <laughs> herd, thank you you think I grew up in a city used to um, also be in the field and I always quite liked the cows but when I was very young I believed they belonged to me and I had this theory that they came out into the field to see me and I used to sit and watch them from our garden when I was before I was old enough to go into the field I used to sit in a little red plastic chair and watch the cows. There's one particularly famous occasion in my family where I was sat there and I went oh, look at my cows <laughs> and they realised that I had believed that they belonged to me Interestingly, my cousin who used to come and visit us had a similar theory, and she thought that the cows only came out when she was visiting. And they came especially to see her. So obviously we both had a bit of a cow obsession.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I should point out, there is a a field behind our house now which does regularly host cows i don't think georgia has actually adopted any of them yet
1: well i do like the one with the amusing moo there is one so of now them. you are coveting i am your coveting a new neighbour's cow actually it has a very high pitched moo unlike any of the other cows i cannot possibly recreate the sound for you but it's amazing
0: oh, oh i'd on, like I'm you to sure try you, you <laughs> walked was, into I that i really did okay.
1: um okay it's kind of like <laughs> i sorry how'd it go <laughs> I'm more like a scared oh, ghost, but you like get a, the Like idea. A, a ghost cow. It, I like it. it kind of Maybe
0: it was. Like... We never identified Maybe. which one it was. But
1: all of the other them were like a nice low, normal <laughs> moo, and there was just one of them that was really high pitched.
0: Yeah, so for like a few weeks, this was just all Georgia was talking about well, whenever had, we went outside. You hadn't
1: heard it yet, and you didn't understand the level of amazing, <laughs> amazingness mm. that existed.
0: Okay. I I do just also have to share the story of the time I was going out to work and Georgia was was still inside and she just heard this this really loud moo. And then when I got back, did you hear that moo as you left? I'm like, yeah, that was me mooing at the cows.
1: You do have a very realistic moo and now you've walked into it. (laughs) I have. Go on then, what does it sound like? You
2: could see how I was confused. Oh my word, that was incredible. (laughs)
0: If if you could see Linda's face right now, it's a a picture.
2: (laughs) Absolute horror. So
0: now we've both done our cow impressions. No, 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 no. Linda. (laughs) No, 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 no,
1: that won't be necessary. If you've just tuned in, this is a podcast about Christianity from a millennial standpoint, not about farm animals.
0: (laughs) Uh, We may touch on farm animals again. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I, I feel it's almost inevitable. In any case...
1: Um, hey, it's going well. Uh, it is.
0: In any case, this has been our first episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. The Anvil releases every Wednesday. So tune in next week where we'll be talking a little bit about denominations, uh, different denominations, what the value of them is, and uh, where we stand on them. So for now, that's Linda.
1: That's Georgia. And that's Andrew.
0: And we've been The Anvil Podcast from Church's Bookshop, and we'll see you next week.
2: Bye! Bye.